I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. That's the most cottagecore thing you've said. <laughs> I think you're right. Here, compost a garden pipeline. <laughs> yep, yeah. I, I saved that gem for, for near the end. I'm diking out, you're diking out. Let's dike out together. See what it's all about. Diking out, diking out, diking out, diking out. Hi, and welcome to Diking Out, a podcast exploring the most whimsical corners of queer culture. I'm Carolyn Bergier. I'm Melody Kamali, and today we're diking out with singer slash songwriter Lady Lamb about cottage core. Finally, 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 I feel like Cottagecore has been in the air for a little while, and now we get to dive into it. Yeah, and if we don't dive deep enough, um, our apologize. I mean, I was very aware throughout the conversation. I was like, oh, we sound so old. Do like, do we know what we're talking about right now? I I hope we did. You let us know. You let us yeah, know in the comments it, on Instagram. I feel like people are going to be like, you need a part two on that because. <laughs> Did we do Cottagecore justice? You're just going to have to listen to this episode and find out. This was like more like the realities of Cottagecore. Like, you know, yeah. Yeah. Like we didn't talk about the romance. Like it was like, oh, no, it's a lot of raking. No. Yeah. It's like we've had our coffee and uh, we're we're ready to tell you how it is. Right. If you're listening to this, that means our Stonewall show has already happened. But. As we're recording this, it hasn't happened yet, but I'm going to go ahead and say it was a magnificent return to Stonewall. 
And we'll tell you more about it next week, so stay tuned for that. But we do have a couple of live events coming up. Our live recording with Jenna Lyons is going to be December 7th. Go to our Instagram page to get the uh, tickets for that. It's a free RSVP happening in Soho, I believe at 7.30 p.m. Tuesday, December 7th. Please be there. We would love to see you. Jenna would love to see you. We're excited to see Jenna. We're excited to see what everyone's wearing. <laughs> Dress to impress everybody. <sighs> no pressure. I no know. Pressure. Or don't. Or just, yeah. Or be yourself. This is more to me. Yeah. <laughs> Stop overthinking it. <laughs> uh, and then also, not an official diking out event, but diking out adjacent is that my friend Naomi and I are putting on a live reading of a L Word holiday special that we're writing. It's going to be a lot of past guests of the pod who are reading the parts and a co-host of the pod who's <gasps> going to be reading a very important part. Oh. And that's going to be at our at our home base at Stonewall, December 14th. I think that's also at 7.30. All this information is going to be on our Instagram. You can buy tickets for that as well. Those should be up and available soon. Oh, there's so much to do with live shows. Yeah. So just follow us and maybe turn on post notifications. I don't know. Yes. Go crazy. Please do. That's the best way to do it. It'll probably sell out. Everything we do at Stonewall sells out. That's how we like to do it. Make it nice and uh, exclusive. All right. Nice. Yes. Carolyn. For the holidays, you're still in a berserkshire's I am. state of mind, even though you didn't go there. That's I what know. you did for I watched holidays. so many berserkshire's episodes of The Real Housewives of New York. If you know, you know. It's just one of yes. their more festive holiday episodes at Dorinda Medley's home in the Berkshires in Massachusetts, where every time they go, it's like a haunted house. Chaos ensues. It's delightful and yeah, that's where the the coat I made it nice came from. Did you make it nice? Did you have a nice Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving, What's the, yeah, gayest thing you did Thanksgiving week. I made it nice. The gayest thing I did Thanksgiving week. So uh, I was sick leading up to the holiday, and I was really bummed because the gayest thing I was gonna do was um, the day we were supposed to drive to Buffalo for the holidays. I was. Going to see this burlesque troupe called the Stripteasers, which I saw them when they first started in Buffalo when I used to sneak into the lesbian bar. And my favorite bartender, shout out to Jamie, who, again, knowing since like very soon after I came out, she's the sweetest person, head of the Stripteasers. She was going to be performing in Buffalo that night. I was going to take Cecilia. I was so excited. I was too sick to go. So on top of a sinus infection, I had an ear infection. I was in urgent care, whatever. I didn't make it. But we eventually got to Buffalo. And uh, on a different night of the week, on Tuesdays, there's a bar called Nietzsche's. And the Stripteasers perform there every Tuesday. Jamie wasn't there. And we went to go see them. And they dance like right up on the bar. And it's a very different kind of burlesque than the stuff that I've been seeing in New York. This is a lot more like camp, a lot more body positive, just like really fun. I don't know. Um, more queer. I, I Yeah, it, it's it's so queer. It's it's a lot of fun. And they had two little shows that they did throughout the night. But before and after they performed, there was a three piece band. And I didn't know Mm. that they were going to be there. And it's this guy, Joe Donahue, 
And I've never seen him perform. He's a gay guy. He's on the piano. He's very, very good, very spirited, you know, like kind of standing up, straddling over the stool, getting really into it, looking back at the the audience while he plays. Half the songs, Madonna covers. I was having the time you. of my life. I didn't expect it. I'm like, oh, my God, Buffalo. Uh, you know, I can get a, a great Maker's Mark hot toddy. Uh, our sponsor, Maker's Mark, ordering them out when I go. Wink, Got wink. a Maker's hot toddy. Yep. For eight bucks. Uh, wow. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, I love Buffalo. Yeah. Sipping my, sipping my hot toddy, listening to Madonna covers, and then getting some burlesque. So that was like... Super, super gay, uh, gayer than I expected it to be. But I will say the other gay thing was on Thanksgiving Day, uh, I was with my aunt, my mom, and we were thinking about it. And we're like, oh, my gosh, half the people at Thanksgiving tonight are gay. Between me, Cecilia, my mom's boyfriend's daughter, two of my cousins, and then... One other person we suspect of being gay, I think. <laughs> suspect who maybe doesn't know it yet. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that was that was a lot of that's a lot of gays that's to have. That's a lot of it. gay energy. Yeah. And we love it. So wow. that, yeah, that made it a little bit gay. How about you? What's the gayest thing that you did this week? What if I told you my Thanksgiving was a hundred percent queer? And that's okay. because I spent it alone. Okay. It was just me, guys. <laughs> I I had a solo Thanksgiving for the first time ever. I was originally going to spend it with Allie. We we're going to have a low key Thanksgiving this year, but she had a death in the family. She had to go home last minute. Cannot um, catch a break. She cannot catch a break. She's just it's not even this year, 3 years. Witches who are listening, please cast protection yeah. spells around Allie. I can't protect her at all costs. Like what is happening? Yes. She just has been having such a string of bad luck over the last few years um but you know she will prevail um i was by myself i had to take on a dog sitting job i inherited a dog sitting gig that she had agreed to so i've been bouncing between my apartment and um our friend nancy's dog sitting this geriatric very cute little dog (laughs) with a tongue sticking out and so it like needs a lot of attention yeah so i even if i wanted to go to a friend's giving i couldn't like i'm just like I have to take care of this dog. A lot of people, when they found out I would be spending it alone, obviously felt bad and tried to get me to come to different Friendsgivings or comedians givings. Like, I want to stress that I did have options. I just (laughs) and I felt that pressure all day. Like I was like really on the fence about going. And I realized the only reason I wanted to go was because other people would judge me for spending the day alone. And that's not a reason to do something like I'm perfectly content spending time with myself. And I felt like that was pretty gay of me to be like, no, I'm actually having fun watching my Berserkshire's episodes, cooking at this uh, apartment, going on these lovely walks in Park Slope in a very nice area. I'm dog sitting in and yeah, just spending alone time and enjoying myself feels pretty queer um and you know you brought up camp i i did see house of gucci 
on Thanksgiving <gasps> yesterday too. Um, Allie and I were okay. planning on well, seeing that's it together. Very gay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, How was it? I snagged a last minute ticket, the one left in the theater. Obviously, wow. a sold out uh, show. And when I tell you most of the people were gay. Like it was just like, you could tell I had just walked into a very queer space Yes, <laughs> and I was actually seated next to a lesbian couple, uh, right. which we love, except ugh, one of them snapped the entire time they liked something, which come on. No, um, <laughs> just okay. so annoying. And then I yeah. realized that's on me. I went to the movies on Thanksgiving. Obviously, everyone's drunk. Like everyone came from ha. this jolly meal, you know, where they're probably imbibing. So like people were a little rowdy, but <laughs> I'm not saying it was a good movie, but I'm saying I enjoyed it. Like it was okay. <laughs> it was outrageous. I honestly I don't know what to make of it. I'm still processing it. It felt like all of the actors were in a different movie in in their minds like like and the ones that leaned into the camp of it all really were like a delight to watch like Jared Leto <laughs> so this, this funny sounds like, the, it. like the new showgirls the way you're describing yeah, it truly um and it was yeah I mean, it was too long. The script was a little like redundant, meandering. Yeah. It was like a couple movies in one. It was like it felt like it was um a season of a Ryan Murphy show crammed okay. into one like narrative film. Um, wow. But I mean, the, the gayest thing of the week aspect of it was just like at how like the whole audience would like erupt in laughter together at things that weren't intended to be funny. <laughs> like, right, right. Um, just like the campiness that. of like the horrible accents sometimes just Lady Gaga was really like entertaining to watch. I know there's a lot of linguists that have weighed in and the accent is giving um, Slavic and, but I don't know, like she, so you're not she seeing was any Oscar buzz. I don't I mean, if anyone, all the Oscars to the costume department, holy okay. shit. Amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was. So the gayest thing of that, little excursion was um, walking out of the theater and listening to two gay guys debate over whether or not the movie was technically camp and oh. they were making some compelling arguments each of them okay and I had to turn a corner to walk back to the apartment I was dog sitting at but I was so absorbed in their conversation that I continued I followed them to the yes. train so I could hear more of these great points um yes. And and then one of them had referenced a article on W Magazine um, that I like jotted down on my notes app and went home and read. And I was like, ah, oh, thank you, homosexuals. Like, wow, <laughs> learned so much. Thank you, homosexuals. Following gays around out of the theater for House of Gucci. It was the W Magazine article was called House of Gucci colon camp or not camp. Um, and yeah, I've just been thinking about camp a lot. Longest answer to gayest thing of the week, but... No, I want to see it now. There we have it. The father, son, and the house of Gucci. <laughs> it was ridiculous. I mean, it was fun. I'm going to see it. I mean, the girl next to me on the other side, not the snapping lesbian, but a very vocal audience member, just repeating lines back nudging me normally i would hate this but in this kind of a movie it, we it yeah. felt like we we're all in it together love it <laughs> love it 
kind of, you know, gayest thing adjacent. We should mention it because we want everybody to be ready for next week. But uh, on Thanksgiving on HBO Max, a new show came out streaming a very gay show Mm -hmm. that we had a binge watch for an interview. So next week we interview the lead lesbian contestant on the 12 Dates of Christmas. So if you want to, you know, have some idea of what we're talking yeah, about and what's up. Yeah, do do a little bit of homework. It might make the episode more fun. Uh, 12 Dates of Christmas. It's the second season of it. We hadn't watched the first season, but the second season is super gay. And that's why we tuned in. Yeah, on HBO Max. So <laughs> that's a little, a little homework for some of you. But we have so much to cover today with our guests. And we're so excited about that. We tried to record with them multiple times. Oh, Just yeah. So much FaceTime uh, with them and we couldn't be happier. Today we are diking out with musician Ali Spaltrow, better known by her stage name, Lady Lamb. Originally from Brunswick, Maine, and now based in Brooklyn, she's been putting out incredible music since 2007, I believe. Her most recent album, Even in the Tremor, came out in 2019, but she's making new stuff. We are big fans. You should be too. Let's get into it. Allie, take two. We are doing this. Thank you for <laughs> diking out with us, uh, sort of again. Yeah. I guess on the record now. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, any chance I get to dike out, let's do it. You know, yes. multiple times. <laughs> How are you doing? Oh, I'm great. I um, I'm just sitting here in my apartment um, with my cat. Yeah, I got a peek. My cat's meowing outside so jealous of your cat who gets to hang for recordings did you just say your cat is meowing yeah scratching at the door <laughs> you know being a cat you know oh yeah part of the queer things. struggle cats hate closed doors i don't know about your cat but um, yeah absolutely yeah. before we get into anything we already saw you earlier this week i'm dying to know how the <laughs> yeah. last couple days have been for you what is the gayest thing you did this week um, well, the gayest thing that I've done since I saw you Wednesday is that I did binge <laughs> Tampa Bay's. Okay, Yay, we talked you into <laughs> it. Wow. Well, here's the, here's the thing. You didn't even talk me into it. I feel insane because I very much should have known the show existed and did not. Like, mm. I don't know how. I feel like a bad gay. Like, I didn't hear about it until you, like you told me. And yeah. I, my little, my little gay heart started like palpitating, like there's a new show for me. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I did stay up till three 30 in the morning, finishing it. Oh, um, you binged it, binged it. Yeah. Oh, yes. I binged it. And I, I loved it. Yes. Okay. Yeah. What all your thoughts, hot takes, <laughs> who are your faves? Um, uh, who are you, you know, <laughs> suspicious of? I, okay, this is gonna immediately put me in in the corner of just being very earnest. But like, okay, I liked everyone. Like, I yes. I, don't, I don't know what I, I my I was just like my take was like, um, everyone's a, like deep down a good person and they're all doing their best and they're just like, 
you know, maybe this drama is very unfounded and I wish they could all be friends, but they're good people. You know, that's what like, I said. I, they're I all never, doing their best. Yeah, exactly. I, know. I feel like we're all kindred spirits here because, yes, exactly the same. I'm like, you know, it sounds like some of them have some traumas to work through and I hope they all get through it and I'm just rooting for everybody. That's how I felt. And, you know, I, I thought that the relationships were so tender. Like, I thought the couples, I thought each couple... They did a really good job of showing how intimate the intimacy of each couple and like their, you know, kind of uh, dynamic together. And I thought each dynamic was actually really sweet on its own. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of love there. Yeah. So, I mean, lots of more fake eyelashes than I was expecting, although (laughs) I guess it is Florida. um, But I, I genuinely was just like, you know, like tickled by everyone and loved it. You know, the the craziest thing for me, I think, was like how different they looked in the confessionals verse in real life, but especially Mac. And because I met Mac in Orlando. And then when I was watching the show, I'm like, where is she? Because her name's also Sarah. Right. And they do that with two characters on the or two cast members that they have multiple names. So that's a little bit confusing when you have that many people. And then some of them have <laughs> yeah. multiple names. But then Mac, like in real life, looks nothing like in the confessional. And I'm just wondering, like, does she lean into her femme side sometimes or was like production like was the makeup crew just doing their own thing right um and you know putting those eyelashes and lip gloss on everybody (laughs) yeah I mean I loved Mac I loved when they had the mom's night out yes and Mac went over to the moms to apologize I'm so sorry you had to see this it was so I was like yes adorable adorable (laughs) I didn't have any crushes on any of them and like none of them are like like my friends. And I don't mean that in a weird way. I think it's culture like I'm, you know, I'm a I'm a a Brooklyn dyke like these are Tampa dykes. We're a little different, but I think that we could definitely hang if, if we saw each other out. Yeah, and don't worry, I'm already pitching Brooklyn Bays. Uh, <laughs> yes, it's gonna be. There's there's a lot we can do with it. We can even like go on the vacation like they do on reality shows, like on Housewives, where they take a trip every season. Oh we God. all go to Fire Island, Cherry Grove, or something. I knew you were gonna say Cherry Grove. <laughs> there's no reason why we can't have multiple city bays. I mean, mm-hmm. that Housewives get it. We, you know. Yeah. Let's franchise this. Yeah, no, for real. <laughs> I mean, it, it would be so different. Like, I did get that sense. So when when I was in uh, Orlando and like at these parties and meeting the bays and like made friends with um, a friend of theirs and she was like, oh, I'm going to come to New York and we're going to party. And in my mind, I'm thinking like. Ooh, when you meet the gays I'm friends with here, it's very different than who we were hanging out with in Florida. Like all my friends here are just creative weirdos. Like we're all just filmmakers, writers and comedians. And it's not the same aesthetic and it's not the same vibe. It's a good one. Like that's that's my community here. But yeah, yeah, Florida is like a different it's a different beast, but like not in a bad way. That's just no. like the way it is. And actually, I loved how many like nurses there are in the group, like yeah. or whatever. It's like, yeah, all my friends are are artists and musicians and and creatives. But it was like actually really cute to see this like 
group of of queer people who have like normal jobs and work really hard like helping people and like and they're in real estate i don't know anyone in real estate like essential dykes it was cute yeah essential dykes (laughs) i was here for it yeah (laughs) it's funny because some people too have been like why are there so many like nurses and real estate people on the show i'm like uh because that's the economy like florida's full of old people and then people moving down to florida so yeah real estate and nursing are gonna be it makes total sense and i you know i would like to even see more scrubs uh on season two like yeah i want to see them come home and they're scrubs it's cute i'm here for it yes love it so You know, our listeners know because we've talked about it before. We recently saw you perform at City Winery and you were doing a a little bit of a tour of various city wineries. How was that? How are you doing? Are you happy to be not on tour anymore? What's going on? Tour was so fun. I played with string players and, you know, the venues are so nice. We were like taken care of and it was so strange to be back out on the road. It was like all emotions were heightened, but like in a good way, I think. Having said that, though, like I am happy to be home. I it was a little like freaky because the first week of the tour was we had to drive through the south. And Mm. so it was like, it was pretty intense, the amount of no masks. Like, literally, we were the only masked people. And it's crazy, like, the sneers that you would get, um, Mm -hmm. like, at rest stops. So, like, I felt, like, I constantly felt on the road like I was in self-protection mode. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I I like being in my apartment. (laughs) Um, I'm, I'm happy to be back. But it was really, really fun, for sure. And I loved that you guys were there. I was surprised by that when I, when I met you after. I loved it. Yeah. I mean, Melody had uh, mentioned your music a bunch of times and was like, oh, this is someone I would love to have on the pod. And I checked it out. I'm like, she's really good. I can't believe that I hadn't been like listening already because your uh, your music is definitely like right up my alley. And uh, it was so cool to see you live and hear you live and uh, definitely recommend it for Keep Lady Lamb on your radar listeners for future tours and performances because, yeah. Yeah, I got a lot of messages from our listeners, actually, after I um, mentioned that we went to your show. They were like, thank you for amplifying Lady Lamb. Some people being (laughs) like, I'm obsessed with her. Some people being like, I'm confused as to why she's not so famous like you you have um the venn diagram of our listenership and your fans like might be a circle um i love so, it oh yeah yeah uh, i was so excited to finally see you a friend of mine had recommended your music back in like 2015 or something when i was going through a breakup and it was uh, just what i needed oh yeah exactly <laughs> biking that's... around chicago crying scream singing your lyrics <laughs> yes that's what i'm here for that's yes. what i'm here for and i also just like knowing that you guys were there i just like oh my god i i spent so many years like not being f- like out in my career and i feel like i'm making up for it now like Anything gay that I can possibly do or talk about, I'm so happy. I'm so excited to do, you know? Yeah, I was mining your lyrics for (laughs) a bit at (laughs) first, like trying to figure out what your sexuality was. Yeah, they kind of needed to be mined. But actually, (laughs) someone, someone put it really well to me recently. They said... Well, we all knew. I mean, the desire, the yearning. Yes. That, <laughs> no one could be yearning like that for a man. I mean, 
Right. <laughs> I was like, that's kind of true. I mean, I don't know how many women would sing about the nape of a man's neck. Right. Uh, <laughs> or just so. like untangling a knot in lover's hair like that. I was like, oh, she's gay. Because at first I was like, maybe she's queer. Maybe she's, I don't know. <laughs> this is a lesbian, I think. I don't right. know. <laughs> yeah, fully. Can you talk a little bit about that, about your, your journey and like coming out through your music and how that that overlapped and the changes you noticed through that? Yeah. So I was out in my life since I was 15. And then I started writing songs at 18. And this was in, you know, 2009 or and 10, where it was a lot harder to come out or it was like it, mm-hmm. not so many artists were doing it. I mean, you know, there are so right. many queer artists who have who've come out more recently, but but, you know, a decade ago felt like it wasn't really a good move for them. And I definitely felt anxiety about it. And I'm really open about this now, but I at the time felt like it was going to pigeonhole me in a way that that made me feel like it was not going to be the right move for my career. And I was and being a very reserved type of introvert. I didn't really want to suddenly be asked about it all the time and talk about it all the time when I was starting out. But then over the years, you know, having having more experience in relationships and falling in love and wanting to write about it more openly and even use, uh, you know, she, her pronouns in my songs. Like I really avoided that for a long time. And now I'm just like, you know, I'm older and I'm just like, what's I'm there's no nothing for me to fear. It feels just better to be fully out. And so my songs are maybe even getting queerer by the day Um, which which they should you know why not like we 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 need that visibility I think I'm so supportive of of all queer artists anyone who who's out in their music I'm all about it yeah I mean that was a real thing at that time I remember going to shows of uh Jenny Owen Young's like back in totally uh 6 I think was the first show and then I moved to Atlanta and anytime she'd roll through I go see her and be like how is this person not out and then when she finally came I was like wow it feels like it shouldn't have been that scary for her to come out because to anybody who listened and you'd go to these shows and it was like all all dykes oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah it was just like they're people weren't doing it even even then even with like Obama's president it was still not the time I wasn't out in my I started comedy around like 2011 12 even and was not out at all (laughs) for at least a few more years and then I think maybe Trump like really emboldened a lot of people (laughs) to (laughs) to like feel like oh it's it's necessary to be out and visible and loud about it yeah yeah. But we're not here to talk about him. Um. <laughs> oh, is is Trump not cottagecore? No, absolutely <laughs> not. Maybe his sons are. No. <laughs> oh, my God. We're here to talk about cottagecore. And I did pour a glass of water in a mason jar, oh, as you see great. here. I, I went to pour a glass of water in a regular glass and said, no, no, no. Not today. <laughs> Let me rest this on a doily and sit down and cozy up to talk about cottagecore. And and this was a topic that we pitched to you based on knowing that you are from Maine and kind of retreated back to Maine during the pandemic, correct? Correct. And uh, I mean, first off, in, in Maine... And as we're talking about coming out, I feel like in Maine, like, do you have to come out as straight 
Like, is the assumption that it just feels like the gayest state for women, at least. Right. I mean, that's not my experience. No. okay, that's just it's not. I mean, you that's actually funny. No, I mean, so many women are wearing L.L. Bean flannel that it is, you know, you do have to the gaydar. It's a little, um, you know, it takes a little extra finesse there. Mm. Um, Right. Yeah, everyone's a lumberjack. <laughs> yeah. In college, there was a girl from Maine on my floor freshman year, and I felt like she was like a little bit weirded out when she found out that I was gay. And I'm like, really? Because she looks like a Maine dyke. Like, she just reads to me as a dyke. And being from Maine, I was like, how could this be weird for her? Um, it should feel like home. <laughs> but I think, but yeah, my, misconceptions. Totally, my reaction at first was that's not my experience, just because Maine is like so, uh, like not populated. You know, it's like right, so few right. people that I immediately my mind just went back to being you know nineteen and living in Portland and being like, where are where's my community? I knew two gay people there, uh, so I would say it was like harder to find. Although now Portland is very yeah. gay, very gay. Yeah, I was gonna say I didn't realize you grew up in Portland. No, um, I, grew, I know so I, uh, many lesbians moving there. I lived in Brunswick, which was twenty five minutes north, um, but gotcha. yeah, Portland was like the nearest city. But now it's super queer. But at the time, I was just like trying to find my people you know through the, through the the mountains of of plaid yeah right right <laughs> and, and missing my mark many times <laughs> <laughs> oh god that'd be so confusing uh especially yeah if you're saying you came out at, at 15 in, in high school like you know everyone knows how to build a fire i assume <laughs> these are my assumptions about maine and i'm like how can you tell <laughs> You got to flirt. You got to flirt a lot. Right. You got to put in the work. So so Cottagecore, how, how would we all describe it? It's like an aesthetic. I was reading up a little bit about it, um, that it was made popular actually only in December of 2019 through TikTok, I guess. Is, I, I missed this because I'm very much not on TikTok, but some user under the handle Sora Blue is credited with making oh. Cottagecore kind of take off and all of their like Cottagecore posts. And then I felt like it hit a fever pitch when Taylor Swift came out with Folklore and then everybody was like, yes, like this aesthetic. And then also COVID. So it was like those three things happening around the same time. I started seeing the hashtag really pop off when lockdown hit and people were retreating, living more simplistically. But I read a stat that when folklore came out, the hashtag cottagecore went up by like 573 percent or something (laughs) Um, which was that next summer right of 2020 is that when that came out I think so I realized I never looked into what cottagecore actually meant I had a vague idea that it was an aesthetic but only started to google in a panicked way leading up to (laughs) this (laughs) recording so yeah what it's 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 a vibe it's an aesthetic. It's like a sustainable way of life. It's back to basics. That's what I understand it as. It's idealistic. But then it also like the advocate had an article about like, why is cottagecore so queer? Like, why does it? Because it seems like um, and especially like the Taylor Swift of it all like that. It's a thing for all 
women, whether you're queer or straight or whatever, to idealize, you know, making like a floral crown um, <laughs> from <laughs> right. the flowers you picked in uh, in your yard of your, your new cabin that's full of like trinkets and... <laughs> I mean, ideal, idealize is the perfect way of putting it, because when I think about my cottagecore life, it was me lugging, you know, my bags of trash and recycling into my SUV to take it 15 minutes down the road to the dump. There's no TikToks about that. Because there isn't like (laughs) trash in the in the rural town where my house is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. And we didn't mention we pitched yeah, cottage core to you because you retreated into the woods for I certainly quite did, some yeah. time. Yeah. Oh, w- like woods in the like woods to the point of like walking around my house naked after a shower and like not having curtains. Like mm. yeah. full on woods. So I do that too, but I have neighbors. Um I know I do but that I just I'm like they're they're far Brooklyn enough apartment. that I don't think they can they can see. Yeah, I mean speak speak your truth, you know. <laughs> I'm the naked neighbor in the city for sure. <laughs> every every once in a while a FedEx guy comes to to the window and we're like, "Oh wait, yeah, we really can't just like walk around <laughs> naked in the house." But yeah, when when did you when did you get your house? When did you move into it? Well, the small amount of context is that um I lived out of my suitcase for all of 2019 when my last record okay. came out. I gave up my apartment in Ridgewood, Queens, oh. and so I was saving all this crazy money, right? Like we all know living here. <laughs> You're right. And my sister got pregnant with the first baby in our family. And that was what made me want to start looking. Congrats. Thank you. So I, I started looking uh, in 2019 and nothing was really, you know, speaking to me because I really wanted something special and also something I could afford. And Maine is just like yeah. wildly expensive. After a year, I found the perfect little house and I ended up closing on it on March 11th, 2020. So, yeah, so so I got I had the keys in my pocket on uh, on March 13th when my band and I were driving to Atlanta to start the city winery tour that I just did. When we had to turn around, um, we got three hours toward Atlanta and then we turned around and because the, the tour canceled on our way on our way there. Um, and so I dropped off my players and we had a minivan. So I took the minivan, like emptied it of gear, went to my storage unit in Ridgewood, grabbed like a few things that I felt I could like sustain myself with at the house. Um, I had like a love seat, a cot, like some blankets and a lamp, you know, and a rug in a vacuum. And I like went (laughs) right to Maine uh, on the 13th and was just, that was it. I was just there. I was, and I was there alone for four months. Holy shit. In this like empty house that I was starting to, you know, build out basically. And actually had to come back to the city a few weeks later with a U-Haul and get the rest of my things. But yeah, I was roughing it there for a minute. Yeah. Wow. But like so excitedly, like so happy to be there. And then I spent the entire year, I was there for 11 months straight. And I spent the year doing all the butch projects um, (laughs) and buying all the Carhartt uh, overalls. It's crazy how actually Carhartt is really useful, like work clothing. Like I didn't really realize that actually you can stack, you know, you (laughs) can happily stack wood in it. (laughs) Right, right. Not just walk through Bushwick. (laughs) Right. I saw a tweet recently that was like, everyone want to wear Carhartt until it's time to do Carhartt shit. (laughs) Like, (laughs) yeah. 
<laughs> totally. I felt so cool and gay. Like, like yeah. just like getting my gear, you know, like my boots and my, my like overalls and my, my like, I had like, you know, a, I, I had to buy all this cool shit. Like I had a saw. You know, right. like I, like all the tools that I bought last year. It's insane. Like yeah. how much Like I was going to Home Depot. Yes, I know it's problematic. I was going to Home Depot like every other day <laughs> buying stuff. I'm like, I can't believe how much money I'm spending here. But it's yeah, I was closer than Lowe's. I was there every day. Same closer than Lowe's. Yeah, yeah it's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, although I will say, you know, my de- like my version of Cottagecore really was just like when you when you really get down to it, it was uh crying on the couch watching carol um <laughs> in, in an ll bean flannel uh robe uh Ooh, robes you know like that's my cottage core mm-hmm. but did you have like a at least like a fire going in the fireplace or always <laughs> okay <Yeah>. yes <laughs> that was like the one thing because at first i was like this this is too much and like we were insane like what made us think that buying a like fixer upper upstate on a lake in the middle of winter was a a good idea but then once we got our fireplace operational and then I'd make a fire I'm like okay it's all worth it like at least I have this fireplace (laughs) and my record player and it's gonna be okay and of course my mind goes right to like was it insulated like was it a four season is it a four season house, you know, like where you should be there in the winter or is it really a summer house? That's a good butch it, question. I know it's a summer house. Yeah, <laughs> it was a summer house. So it didn't have like it had some insulation, but very minimal. So it was like very drafty. Wow. Like, you know, it has um, a, a heating system, but it's not, you know, it's like on a hill and the heat's run off oil, but like the oil truck can't get up there when the weather is bad. You're, so, spe- you're speaking my language. I have the exact right. exact problem. Yeah, the oil right. truck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, well, just buy another oil tank. I'm like, I'm not buying a second oil. Like, that's one. It's like a lot of money. And then I have like two giant oil tanks. I don't know. It's it's so many things like I've never had to think about, especially <laughs> living in New York for, you know, the seven or eight years leading up to it uh, that I'm like, like the within a week of living there, I had to learn how to like bleed my boiler because I ran out of oil because I didn't think of that week one moving in. And <laughs> this is such a niche topic. And just shout out to our our, our queer people listening who who get what we're talking. About. I know because you are right. speaking a different language right now. <laughs> I don't know what you're saying. Apologies okay, let- for alienating everyone else. <laughs> Let's talk about things that everyone knows about. Like, are you now proficient with an axe? Are you chopping your own wood? Are you splitting it? I'll be honest, I'm not splitting my own wood. Um, okay. I, am, I am definitely having it delivered in a big truck that dumps it in a big pile in my backyard, but I am stacking it, which takes a week easily. <laughs> like a week, like three hours a day for seven days, okay, of stacking this this freaking wood. And I am doing that, and I am feeling really kind of like hot while I'm doing it. Like I'm like, I'm like God, where I'm like, someone should be filming this. I know. I, okay. I don't really, I got a taste of the lifestyle here and there um, over lockdown or 2020 at large. I would um, dog sit for a friend um, upstate 
here and there and drive up to her house that's like on a hill and a lake very secluded and I wouldn't have to stack I would just felt cool like taking logs off of the stack (laughs) and that was enough for me and building a fire on my own I never had until 2020 and was just would look around like is anyone getting this yeah (laughs) no I seriously (laughs) no it's true I, I I feel that same way like to not use a starter lug is enough for me to feel like cottage core Amen yeah. to that. Yeah. Oh my God. It's so real. I guess I, I'm lucky that I have my wife who likes to creep on me a lot with her uh, with her phone. So whenever I'm like out splitting logs in the yard, she'll be like, I got a good one of you. I'm like, oh, thanks. <laughs> because when she does capture like when I when I split it on the first hit, I'm like, yeah, this is the hottest thing I've ever done. <laughs> oh, that is so cool that you're splitting your wood. That's that is really cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's cool until people are like, why are you using an axe and not a mall? And I'm like, the mall's too heavy and my arms are weak. And and then I tried borrowing my neighbor's mall and it was a night I was like, I'm going to kill myself with this. So I'm just going back to. Yeah, I mean, I'm my axe. I'm talking I'm talking a big game here, but I don't know that I could actually lift an axe even. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's a workout, you yeah. know, Uh <laughs> Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free, and when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. 
Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. I also count like everything I do now as like working out. Like I haven't properly worked out other than like maybe a rigorous hike, probably since before the the pandemic, but I'm like, well, I had to, you know, carry that leaf blower for 20 minutes and that's the workout. <laughs> oh my God. Absolutely. And yeah, that's the thing is that, um, you know, people, people idealize co- this cottage court thing so hard, but then what it really is, is just so much work. Like I'm out there raking, so much work. just yeah. like raking all day like resenting this decision that I ever did this. Like, you know, if you have any amount of (laughs) land or yard, um, it's just like a regrettable (laughs) investment. (laughs) Like, like cleaning out the gutters. I know. And and coming from New York too. I mean, I was telling Melanie, I'm like, it makes my rent and sunny side seem like a bargain because I didn't have to pay for anything besides the rent, like the heat, yeah, you're probably two weeks deep and you're like, rent forever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Never yeah. I'm like, a- <laughs> do not buy a home. So much can go wrong. Yeah. Let's talk about the bugs. Was that? <laughs> <laughs> I think people had a different idea of what, co- uh, like, we're going like, to, this is the realities of Cottagecore yeah. episode. <laughs> <laughs> Pouring, uh, we're doing the ice bucket challenge to Cottagecore and just. <laughs> yeah, the, the bugs, um, the spiders. So many spiders. They're abundant. I don't mind them, though. I don't know what happened. I think maybe it, um, once I went back to Maine last, last year, I, I started um, talking to them. Like, it, like I talked to my cats, like, I think I, I took the power out of them in a way, but yes. I'm like, I'm like, Hey bud, like, oh, you're being cute. You, you want to go outside? Come here. You know? And I like help them or yeah. I try to. And, um, yeah, I, I'm not afraid of them anymore. That's cottage cork. I, that is that integrating yeah. with nature. It's very Belle or which Disney princess. <laughs> All of them. All of them. Cinderella. Yeah, I'm I'm very much too now like, yeah, you're supposed to be here, spider. I'm not. So like do your thing. I'll leave you in this corner. I'll let you have your your web for a little bit. Like we had this one like crazy I think it's called like a, a wolf spider or something on our deck and it made this like gnarly huge web that was like really getting in the way and horrifying looking but we're like wow it put in the work it gets to keep that we're gonna just avoid that area of the deck yeah <laughs> till for it's real. done i think moving into this house also just like it immediately you know changed my perspective it just like opened up my my world to nature where i'm like my mind immediately is like sees the spider and it's like well, you're part of the process of, of life that you're allowed to stay in here and, and eat the little bug or whatever. Like, right, right. Do your thing. We had such a funny moment the other day where my wife, we had just gone back from traveling or something. And we had a like the first night back in our home. And then she woke up in the morning and she's sitting in the bed and she looks at me and she's like, 
I'm so happy that we have this house. And then she screams because a spider cricket had jumped onto her arm while she was in bed. And spider crickets are big and, and like a little a little intense and our house is full of them. Um, but the, the comedic timing of that, that spider cricket, I mean, I'll never be that funny. Oh my God. That just, uh, my mind just went to, um, this is very specific, but the scene in Jumanji where... <laughs> A young uh, Bonnie Hunt uh, has the bats all swirling around her, and then one lands on her shoulder, and she's like, ah, looks down at it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I definitely put that a, a screenshot of that photo on dating apps before. Um, <laughs> just, you know, to give people just like a real, you know, you know idea of, of me. <laughs> That's great. Well, as, you know, we're three creatively inclined people here and I think um, a big part of like cottage core or this like idea of like retreating to the woods um, I think sometimes as like a creative person it always feels like at some point it'd be like oh if I could just retreat to the woods I would finish all these projects (laughs) I'd get so much more writing done if I was just looking out a window at a a lake and let me tell you that's not the case for me but (laughs) That was yeah. the case for me before I got the house. Like I would, I would literally rent a cabin to go ride in and find it productive. I think because of the, the mindset I'm paying for my rent in Brooklyn and I'm paying for this cottage for a week. Um, so I better really make use right. of my time. But then as yeah. soon as you have like an open ended place to do it, I'm literally just watching like movies in my, you know, in my PJs all day. And like, yeah, sure. I'm looking out at the woods and being like, "Hmm, that's pleasant. (laughs) But I'm not. It's hard. It is hard to be creative, I think, actually, when in practice. Yeah, if if you make it your full time thing, because now I have the the opposite where I'm coming into the city for a few days a week. And then when I'm in the city, I'm like, well, if I'm going to be here and like paying the cost to be in the city these three days, I better do everything while I'm here and be like super productive and then I go back home and then yeah I'm just like pushing those leaves from one one part of the yard to the next (laughs) (laughs) that is the reality (laughs) yeah if it's a vacation if it's an Airbnb right if you're paying for it it's Uh it's something else okay this makes me feel better because I have been looking at Airbnbs to go finish a script at (laughs) and I'm like oh no but okay it's not like it's I'm not going to be thinking about all my chores because it's not my no, property. I, no, I think it's a <laughs> right. good move. I think in that case, it's it, it can be a really good creative outlet to, to go off for okay. a trip. Yeah, perfect. Did you ever have visitors? I know it was COVID or but like anyone coming in or like isolating for a while, then coming in um, just because. I think cottagecore is tied to queerness, especially lesbians, because there's so much stigma, obviously, in regular society. The appeal is to go into nature where you can be your like true, authentic, queer self. But you were alone. <laughs> so yeah. you weren't like um, and there was no one really there to see you. But like, did you feel more authentically queer when you were out there? I mean, obviously you did with the projects, but. Did it feel like a relief? Yeah, I mean, it really for me was less tied to queerness at first and more tied to like I had just come off of a year or more of touring and I was so tired and wanted to be I the solitude was so exactly what I needed. Um and I didn't have anyone really coming in for 
a long time, like for those months, March, April, May, June. I mean, I guess I saw like my, my mom and my sister a little bit, but we would usually like be outside, you know, because it was like peak COVID. Mm -hmm. Then my, my ex ended up joining me after four months and we were there together till the end. So yeah, that was gay, right? Like for what I was waiting for. Yeah. Like we were out there for like eight months together and wow. Yeah. But, and like, yeah, it was super gay. Like, but like all the same stuff we I all the boring chore stuff. I mean, I could just go back into that, you know, like <laughs> yeah. le- leaf blowing, like yeah, my but like it was funny because like, you know, we would ha- we would have fun with it like on a like on a on a warm like fall day, like she would go out in like like her underwear and leaf blow and we would laugh about it. Like <laughs> yes. this is fun. You know what I mean? So yeah, we like kind of gated up in that way. And then actually by August, I had had this idea. uh, I had this idea in early summer to host shows outside on my property. So when Mm. when you ask if I had visitors, I actually had a lot, which (laughs) if I don't give you the context is like, what? How dare you? Um, But I I did um, 11 shows on my property where I gave fans the directions to my house day of and okay I think I saw that and wanted it to was called live yeah it was called live <laughs> know, I'm like, from if the you hive. ever do this again please let us know because that sounds amazing okay. I would drive to Maine for that it was yeah. it was so fun it was so unique and special it was exactly what we all needed at the time because there was nothing there was no human connection you know between strangers yeah, like I um, my house is two doors down from the the post office and I I like in rural fashion and buds with the postmaster guy, um, <laughs> uh, Bruce and Bruce like gave us permission to have the parking lot at night. So it was so oh, nice. great. Like we had a place to put all the cars and then people would like trek like 30 seconds or whatever up, you know, up the, up the side of the road to my um, property with their like lawn chairs and blankets and coolers. And I would have 50 people per show so that there was enough space for people to like separate, you know, in their little pod outside. Um, and I had a PA, I had a little PA, um, so that everyone can hear me. And I, yeah, I played like an hour. I even had a merch table I set up on the porch (laughs) so I could like, you know, talk to everyone. And I had very strict rules. Like you had to like, in order to come, you absolutely had to read this, like, you know, two page thing that I wrote about like safety and masking and all of that, you know? It was one of the most unique things I've ever done. It was just like the gratitude that we had for each other. Right. In the moment right. was just beyond. And so many queer people. Oh my God. Like yeah. all the all the queer people. Like all the queer people from in the state of Maine. Um and one and people who traveled too from like, you know, Massachusetts or Vermont or whatever and made a little trip with their partner out of it or or their friend out of it. So I felt like I was in some very small way, kind of facilitating this thing we really needed, you know? Absolutely. And I'm sure everyone felt, yeah, so safe and safe to be queer. Absolutely. Out in the woods. Yeah, definitely. I love that. Um, And actually at the same time that that was happening, this is just another little, you know, like gay tidbit. I was fostering a cat who had a litter (laughs) of six kittens. So (gasps) while this was happening, I had six kittens running around. Come on. Oh my gosh. In the, in the house. But then um, uh, one of the shows, one of the best times of the summer was memories, I guess, of the summer is my, my younger brother, who's also gay and like 
my love li- to see it. My life's obsession. He's the best, Dominic. He he came with his boyfriend, and he they were the only people like allowed in my house, you know, for the show. And so mm-hmm, I had right. this the, uh, after the show. My ex would like this was so cute. She would she would build a fire during my last two songs. And then the fire would be raging by the time the show was over so that people could kind of gather around the fire pit and like talk. And it was the cutest thing, too, because people would meet each other and make friends. Ugh. Yes. And then if you looked up into the, the, the window of the guest room right by the fire pit, my brother was like holding up each kitten and doing a little like fashion show with them so that everyone could like meet them. Um <laughs> That was a very happy gay moment there. My gay That's... brother, my foster kittens, bonfire, you know, everything. It sounds magical. And I feel like that's also this component of cottagecore, like a little bit of this, like these magic moments in, in nature away from everything where, yeah, where just like special things can happen. It's very ideal. Yeah. Special things can happen kind of easily because of the setting. You're already right, right there, you know? Yeah. It's special. But then I needed to leave. I was I was like, <laughs> get me back to the city. I cannot, <laughs> I cannot do this any longer. Yeah. <laughs> I love you said a little something about it when you performed too. Yes. <laughs> and I was so curious. Yeah. I'm so curious about people who have left the cities and retreated. Like, how are they feeling how now? How are they feeling? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, I'm sure Carolyn. they have their they have their good days and bad days. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say like we're, it's a little bit much, but my wife and I are finding that it's a good balance to have like two or three days in the city and then spend the rest of the week at home. But we're also just like very behind on anything that needs to be done with the home because you're not in any one place for enough time to complete a project. So that makes it a a little bit more difficult. Maybe once it gets a lot colder and it starts snowing we'll probably stay up there a little bit more and just like hang out by the fireplace <laughs> yeah yeah I'm going back um in a couple weeks and but I find that each time I go back I can hardly enjoy myself because all I'm doing is projects like yeah. I, I see my family but I'm like I like have a list of 10 things to do like right like winterize the windows or whatever like <laughs> boring stuff right right it's definitely privileged to be able to go between the two like like we do sure sure but like it's not lost to me i'm so grateful to have it but i was getting burnt out i was in the city for 10 years before the house and i was getting just a little a little jaded like i i was just starting to feel like i you know that thing that we get here where we're like I, if only I had some woods, Prospect Park doesn't cut it. You know, I really need my own space. (laughs) And so for me, it's, it feels really good to be here again, but then to, to know that I have this space I can go to. Right. Right. Um, It it reinvigorated my love for the city. Really. That's what it did for me. And now when I go to the house, I walk in and I'm like, oh, I cannot believe this little plot of land is mine. This is so beautiful. I'm now just fully appreciative of both at when I'm wherever I am. Yeah. Which is amazing, you know, to be there. Do you find that you have different senses of decor and aesthetics like in your apartment versus your house? I love this question um, because actually uh, very few people know this about me, but interior design is my passion. Ooh, like love it. Like equal to music. 
like I get the same wow. amount of uh, same amount of joy from interior design that I do from songwriting and performing. Um, and so I so I was kind of in heaven last year designing the house. And yeah. so um, I was very, you know, intentional with my design of the house. It's like the views are wooded. It's a really interesting layout because it's built into a hill. You walk onto into the first floor and you're on the level of the bedrooms and then you walk down a staircase into a, into the living space, which is like the living room and kitchen. And it has a wall of windows like facing it's a walk. It's a, technically a walkout basement. OK, but but has a wall of window sliding glass doors that face the woods. So I, I wanted to be really um, specific about the design being like very like warm neutrals to kind of like highlight you know the views and so it's very like mid-century danish design um but then so like lots of like rust and cream um and like yellow like dark yellow um but then in my apartment i wanted to it to be more playful so it's like brighter colors um in my apartment like yeah i don't know is this boring yeah it's boring i love it Whatever. No, I love it. <laughs> yeah, I was intentional. I wanted I wanted both as both my apartment because my apartment is like a little more industrial. It's like a lofted studio with like a steel staircase in it. So I wanted it to be a little bit more like I think the city I think I don't know. I think the, <laughs> the vibe of a city is more playful, if that makes sense, like be more yeah. playful with design and then at the house be a little bit more like, you know, elegant and like restrained and like focus on the views. That's cottage court too right there. You yeah. Know. Yeah. Well, I I was also reading like cottage court like that so much of design now is like being a little bit more minimalist and then cottage core is where you're really it's like the trinkets um the like all those little touches maybe having like a little bit too much furniture in one room feeling like a an Airbnb that you go to and you're like, "Whoa, that's a lot on the walls." Like that's <laughs> <laughs> I definitely have but, at the house some well-placed uh, trinkets that are like yes. main, main themed. <laughs> like I found this amazing, like, yes. you know, wood carved, like, uh, I don't even know what you'd call it. It's like a sculpture uh, made of wood of like this, like fisherman on a canoe. And it's like on my fireplace mantle, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Some little touches like that for sure. I have like a, what's it called? Those, I don't know what they're even used for, um, but I think it's called a decoy. It's like a like they're like ducks, you know, like ducks. Oh and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And loons. I don't know what they're used for. Yeah. But, <laughs> someone listening knows. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's I have like a loon. Something yeah. about fishing. I don't know. Yeah, I, I feel like when we were designing our place, like we did have this one thought of like, should it be like fit with the environment we're in and be decorated like a lake house and then we just did not do that and our and our kitchen we had friends visit and they're like wow from the outside would have never expected this on the inside <laughs> what what is it like what is the aesthetic on the inside so we just like for different rooms we picked different kind of themes or designs so our bathroom we call it like a mermaid bathroom it's just like this like teal tile but like this like ornate gold mirror and like a chandelier you put the chandelier in and yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, like a, a small one you know and it it's like a very sm we have one bathroom and it's very very tiny so we're like let's make like a fancy tiny bathroom and then with the kitchen uh you know I like to cook and I like 
my kitchen to feel like a little bit more lively. So we call it like the Fiesta kitchen. It has like bright yellow walls. It has uh, blue and green backsplash tiles. Like it's very like, woo. Uh, but I love it. But it just does not fit like being, you know, in the country. I love that you didn't lean into the sort of lake house aesthetic and it makes for a good surprise. Yeah. When, yeah. When you walk in. I love that. I want a house. I've been ping ponging this whole episode. <laughs> I want a house. I don't want a house. Right. I want a house. That's, that's the thing is that like we're not selling anyone and then we are and then we're not. <laughs> right. Right. And then it, yeah, it, it does feel like such a privilege to have both. But then you're also like paying the cost for it. Like it's a lot to maintain like two different places to live and mm-hmm. takes like a lot of time and effort, even if you're renting yours out. And that's like another thing we talk about. We're like, well, do we rent the house out? It's like, well, we moved everything into the house. So it's not like renter friendly. Like we'd have to hide everything or like put a lot of our, our stuff away or move all of our stuff back into the city, keep the house sparse so that we can rent it out, you know, all those considerations. But how how do you find putting your place up on, on Airbnb? For me personally, it was like the best thing I have like could have ever done. Like I, yeah. I, at first I was a little precious, like, oh, this is my stuff. And, and it, like, because I love design so much, I really put my heart into what I chose and I really love my things. And some of them are like not cheap, you know, they're like nice quality. Right. Um, like, and, or vintage, um, and, or like a couch that I'm literally still paying off monthly, you know, like that kind of yeah. thing. So, um, I was, I was a little nervous at first, but then I realized like, you know, the good thing about the format of Airbnb is that it, people guests have an incentive to do a good job with your home because you're going to review them and they want to take other trips. Right. And I know that when I've stayed in, you know, Airbnbs on tour, like I am very conscientious of like following the rules and the checkout instructions and everything, because I like, I want, I want to be liked and <laughs> do a good right. job. So I just give people the benefit of the doubt that they feel this, that they're the same way. And I've had gr- a great experience. My house has been up since last February and it's the only it's the only I truly mean this like the it's the only way that I can live in the city alone right is having my house up for rent yeah that that's what I'm hearing from a lot of people who got a place and now they're back in the city and they're renting it out and the the rent that they're getting from their house pays for them to have an even nicer apartment in the city than they had before. That's where I'm at. I've never, yeah. li- I've never lived alone and I've never lived in such a like nice apartment. And yeah. it's, it is, it is truly just through um, being able to rent my house. But of course, you know, it's not, it's not easy just because being a homeowner, you know, things do go wrong. Like I've, right. I've had a couple th- things go wrong, like, a, you know, a power outage that like fried the something, some electrical thing in my, um, in my gas cook stove, like cooktop or whatever that had to be replaced. So like, you know, a guest couldn't cook for five days or dumb stuff like that, where you have to like kind of maneuver things breaking and, 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 and not being there to fix it. Like, you know, my well, my house has a well, but it's on the neighbor's property and the well pump broke and I lost water to my guests lost water. I had to put them up at the inn 
like across the street so they could shower. Um, yeah. Um, oh, wow. And then, ha- and then had the well fixed in the nick of time as my new guests are driving up the driveway and I'm on the phone with them like, um, just so you know, like if you could like run the faucet for 10 minutes because the sediment needs to settle, you know, like it's, it's a little <laughs> stressful and, and, but I also love hospitality. Like I love being a host. Like I, yeah. I I'm actually all about that. Like host alley, like, let me know if you you need anything like or checking in the next day i just wanted to make sure you you guys are all set and you have everything you need (laughs) i'm gonna rent your house (laughs) yeah do you have fans that like stay in your place and are just like geeking out the whole time or um i did i haven't had fans yet um but I did, they would have to like, search. I mean, I guess the fans who came to my house know where I live. Um, but I did have <laughs> this really cute couple come and my mom was such a dork. My mom flips the house for me and uh, okay. she's super good at it. This is so great and gay. I was on the cover of Maine Women magazine. Yes. <laughs> um, and uh, my mom got a copy from the grocery store and left it out uh, in like on the kitchen island. And then this couple checked in and they were like, oh my God. We had no idea this was your house. We saw you at Newport Folk Festival. We're huge fans. Yes. Ah. And then I, I, I called my mom like, Mom, what did you do? You left my magazine out. Um, but yeah, that was a cute moment. Um, I'm, I'm definitely not adverse to fans staying at my house, but I haven't like, I haven't hit rock bottom yet with like needing to fill it. You know, if I, if I, if that happens, I'll like be like, I'll put it in my stories. Maybe. Right. Um, but right. no, so far so good. I mean, you know people love Maine. I've had no trouble renting it. Right. I mean, before we got our house, I was looking at Airbnbs in Maine for us to read. I was looking at like monthly rentals. I'm like, can we find something in Maine? And it was slim pickings. Yeah. (laughs) Everyone had the same idea. Exactly. They like, um, I didn't, I didn't close my calendar at first. Like I forgot. I didn't think to close my calendar on Airbnb for, uh, the summer for last summer. So last December when I put the house up I was getting people trying to book it for July and I was like oh whoops sorry no 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 like I had to like <laughs> you know lock it down people are like yeah they're they're frantic about booking their their house which works for me you know yeah sure I feel like I want like a queer com where only queer people can stay at my house oh. I think that's why I'm like I don't want straight people there I mean <laughs> I mean I I agree <laughs> right <laughs> what can you do like Is most gatekeeping pe- most people that yeah most people that are booking my house are definitely straight i try not to think about yeah what they're doing in my on my casper mattress um. yeah i'd like to think of like like what are the screening questions for a queer airbnb like <laughs> yeah <laughs> name three tegan and sarah songs. oh my god <laughs> without googling <laughs> sunproof of carhartt Right. <laughs> oh man. An essay on composting. I don't know. Yes. <laughs> Do you compost? I was Absolutely. just gonna ask. That is very cottage core. Absolutely. Yes. I have like a nice like uh compost bin in my little freezer and I um have instructions and I I I like I have it written to encourage it. You know, mm-hmm. because not everyone wants to do it. But I find that actually I would say like 95 percent of my guests do compost. Nice. Well, I have this whole thing written out, too, that I like with little drawings that I made. That's like 
the hive is like it's called alive at the hive and because i like had i like tried this experiment <laughs> last summer where i i have a garden bed and i planted all my vegetables for airbnb guests and so i had that oh i wanted to God. see if that would i wanted to see if if i could get my guests to see themselves as a community that are all sharing my house so i had this thing i wrote out this thing that was like please like um water the the garden if you find that it's dried out after a few days you may not be be able to reap the benefits of the harvest but like someone will so like isn't that great you know like let's do this for each other and that. so um that went okay I definitely had some careless people. Um, but uh, yeah, so like I wanted it to feel like a communal thing, which is like pretty, pretty queer, right? Like I, like, yeah. and I wanted, and, and I, so I wrote out this thing uh, urging people or encouraging people to compost, but I described why I was like, the compost ends up in my compost bin, which gets, you know, spun. And then that becomes my soil for the garden. So like it's sustainable and its own little mini ecosystem. Um, and I also, maybe I'm asking too much, but I like, I ask my guests to like refill the bird feeders if they get low, you know, yes. I'm like, oh, I'm I like there, there are go. living creatures on this property that like depend, like I, I wrote this, I'm like the hummingbirds, they come back because they know about their, they know about their food here. So please <laughs> make sure you, the sugar water's in the fridge, please refill their feeders. <laughs> oh, that's so perfect because as I scroll cottagecore content, it looks yeah. like most of cottagecore happens in uh, the kitchen or the yard or the garden. And this seems like that's the most cottagecore thing you've said. <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> Your compost a garden pipeline. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I, I saved that gem for, for near the end. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Part of it to like idealizing it. I remember when we were talking about moving um, our queer neighbors in Sunnyside are like, you're going to feel really isolated from everybody and then from the community being up there. And aren't you like at all concerned? And then when I told one of my friends um, who is like a, a gay comedian that I moved there, he's like, why would you move there? That's where I grew up. Um, like, it's horror. I'm like, well, maybe being like a gay teenager, it felt like a little small, but it's only like an hour from the city, too. So I don't think it's that crazy. And I don't know. I found something nice about knowing all my neighbors and having all these like older neighbors that are kind of like looking out for us and messaging us when the weather is going to be bad and saying that we can, you know, park the car near their fence so that a tree doesn't fall on our car, like that kind of stuff. I'm like, this is great. Yeah, that stuff. Even is, though you probably voted for Trump, that's, that's the thing. Yeah. yeah, that stuff is sweet. I um on election day, um, I was sitting watching the final results uh, in my living room, and seeing footage of New York, like right, like everyone in New York out on the streets celebrating, and I felt yes. the I've I've never felt FOMO like that in my life. Oh, tell me um, about it. Like, so many people did. Yeah. And, I was on a flight to Georgia yeah, were you? when that oh my broke. Gosh. I was so pissed. Yeah. I was like, I mean, <laughs> literally the best, my favorite day of the year is the New York marathon. Like any, any excuse for me to be out with New Yorkers mm -hmm. loving them is my thing. Uh, again, like I said at the beginning, I'm very earnest. Um, <laughs> just a reminder. Um, and, and so I was like, I was like so stressed in that moment. Like I, I looked at, at my ex, I was like, what, what can we do? We, we need to go outside. We need to be with people. So yeah. we got in the car and we drove 10 minutes to the town, um, which is a super liberal town. 
and there was one teenage boy out with <laughs> uh with a Biden like flag. And he was standing on the bridge, which has a sidewalk um, in the little, the cool little town, waving the flag and cars were honking. And he was 16 years old. So adorable. Um, Vlad was his name. And he had extra, he's like, hi, you want to join me? I have extra flags. And we were like, yeah. And so we, we stood there on the bridge and like waved these flags and just got honks like on them. But we just like, we're jumping for joy up and down. And then more people joined. And I guess my point is that I like made friends that day with my neighbors who I never met, like this really cool couple um, who are professors. And then they like, you know, came and and delivered us like fruitcake, uh, actually really fucking good fruitcake um, that, that they made like for Christmas, you know, like so little moments like that I live for, like living in the rural town. It, it did feel isolating. But then, you know, there were these little moments of, of um, finding community that really stuck with me. And actually that that was one of my favorite memories from last year was like being out in the town celebrating like that with with my neighbors. Yeah, you can leave New York where you're surrounded by so much community, but get out there, get like that little taste of it and appreciate it so much more. Yeah, Yeah. and find find your people there. Like, yeah, I love it. It's possible and real and it's extra sweet. Yeah, I love it. I was just thinking like, like, yeah, one of my favorite moments of this summer was just like driving home and passing my neighbor who is walking like her three rescue dogs and being like hey margo we're gonna do a fire you want to come over for some s'mores and she's like s'mores <laughs> absolutely and it's just like my neighbor mind just chilling that making is cute. s'mores with the neighbor yeah <laughs> and it's just like yeah that's nice that you can have those moments um because in in new york i'm just like oh no i'm I just spotted somebody I know on the train. Look busy, look busy. You know? Yeah, I oh, can't go to my me. elevator in my building because I think I heard my neighbor talking on the phone. <laughs> like, <it's> like... <laughs> Yeah, this is accurate. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I have seen, I have run into people in New York uh, on the train that were like legitimately my childhood friend, right? That I like in Arizona <laughs> or wherever I live because my dad was military. So before I moved to Maine, I was elsewhere. Um, and I have run the other way. Like that is how, what, I don't know. That's the New York mentality. No small talk. Right. Right. Speaking of Arizona, you have a song that came out or did the video come out recently? Oh yeah. Uh, Last year. Yeah. I have a song called Arizona. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I lived there when I was a little kid. What's on the horizon with, with you and your music? Tell us. Um, I am writing a record right now. Um, and it's so funny because I'm battling, Uh, I write lyrics first and I'm really in a battle with myself on the themes because at first I thought I was writing a breakup record, but then I got a crush. So you tell ah, me, what do you do with that? What do you do with that? You can't have both. Like I can't write a record that's confusing and weird and like maybe a little manic. Like, so I'm actually, I kind of want that. I'm like, but but it's weird because having a crush, it like pulls you so far out of the realm of the heartbreak that like, I don't feel inspired by it anymore. So right, it might be a, right. it might be a it might be a love record or an you do a breakup love EP love record. Yeah, actually, that's not a bad idea. Two, yeah, two a twofer. Mm-hmm. We just want more. I'm in New York. You'd think I'd be in Maine writing it, but I'm actually in my apartment writing it, and I have no touring on the horizon until uh, April. But that'll be all West Coast. Get okay. Sure. Yeah. Cool. So West Coast listeners, keep an eye on that. Also. 
because your music is so good, I imagine you have great taste in music as well. Do you have any recommendations? I love a good recommendation from a musician. Yeah. Is it weird if I tell you I've just been listening to Bonnie Raitt every day? Um, <laughs> no. Not at all. But no, so not at all. Um, Bonnie is my queen. Um, but <laughs> I'm also really into Aldous Harding. You guys familiar? So I love Aldous Harding. Yes. Um, her record is, you know, it's from, I think, last year, but blows my mind. Um, and then I love Kate LeBon, and she oh, has a new know. record coming out. Um, and I have been listening to Mazzy Star. Nice. Uh, but like that, what, what's new? Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I like yeah. Andy Schauf a lot. Andy Schauf. No, uh, I'm going to put all these into my Spotify cause I, I'm driving so much more now, uh, you know, between the city and upstate. So I'm always on the lookout for, for good, uh, music wrecks though. I find myself just, listening to crane your neck on repeat lately <laughs> truly she gave me a ride home the other like night an and hour, it popped and it on, on right away oh you're in yeah. your feelings <laughs> yeah yeah we didn't even talk about how your music lends itself so well to the cottagecore yes vibe yes what um, a soundtrack for cottagecore life <laughs> yeah truly it's either your music or just like a big cinematic score swell that, that's all i think of <laughs> yes. like either folk or yeah something like that <laughs> i'm here for it i love it and where can people follow you on social media and learn about like your upcoming dates for april i would say i'm most active on instagram and my um handle is lady lamb jams love it <laughs> great follow check it out thank you so much for diking out with us oh my god i loved diking out with you it was such a pleasure i think we should do it again anytime even unrecorded let's just hang let's hang yes, please i know where you live We <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> live very close Amazing. yes thank you both and you know after that interview we couldn't get enough of lady lamb so what did we do we invited her to hang out at stonewall at those uh go-go dance tea dance parties and if you want to hear out how that went well you gotta be a patron we talk about it on our off topic we have uh, a different episode almost every single week a whole extra episode talking about different things for as little as five dollars a month you can be a patron support the pod and hear about the behind the scenes of our interviews and our hangs with yes. past guests and you know what you can also get as a patron priority answers to your listener questions there you go and i think we have a patron submission right here yep all right so the between relationships show really hit home not for being in between relationships but for telling someone how i felt after realizing that she became single after listening to the episode i felt like such a predator i didn't ask her out because i figured she was going through a lot and probably needed some space and time but i did admit my feelings for her I buried my feelings for the two years she was in a relationship, but then they came flooding back when I saw that she was single. Her response was no response, which makes me feel worse. Was I wrong? Am I a predator? First things first, lesbian does not equate predator. I don't know. Yes. I feel like we've been getting a lot of questions lately about... People feeling like pe predators. Yeah, people feeling yeah. predatory just for having the urge or the interest, you know? I don't right. think it's predatory. 
nothing to about let this someone know how you feel. Yeah. And I don't mean just lesbian. I mean, sapphic. You know what I mean? Um, right, right, right. Right, right, right. And that's okay. I think it's okay that yeah. you let this person know because the reality is that, you know, a lot of people don't have much time between relationships sometimes, especially if it's somebody with a, a pattern of this and you didn't try to force them into another relationship or pressure them or anything. You just let them know as like, FYI, you know, you didn't do it when they were in a relationship, which is good. That's appropriate to wait for that to come to a conclusion. And I think it's okay to say, hey, you know, now that you're single, I not expecting anything. Uh, I know you probably have a lot of stuff to figure out, but I do need you to know that I have strong feelings for you. And that's fine to leave it at that. I don't think there's anything wrong. I think that was brave of you. A lot of people wouldn't do that. I think that the queer lesbian tendency is to sit on that and bury yeah. it inside and obsess over it forever until they uh, find somebody else and then hate yourself uh, for not doing anything about it. <laughs> right. The time in between relationships in this community is small. Um, so you might yeah. as well. But make your feelings or thoughts known while you yeah. can, because it'd be it would be worse to do it when they were yeah already in that <laughs> next relationship, right? And the fact that she didn't respond, don't sweat it, because obviously you knew the timing was weird, so they might not know how they feel about it. They might not want to say anything either way until they've had like a little space and time to themselves to to process it and everything. So don't feel bad about what you did. Yeah. I think it's pretty straightforward, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. You were not wrong to answer the yeah. questions. Point blank. Yeah. You were not wrong. You are not a predator. Not a predator. Definitely not. I mean. Though I kind of want to see like a lesbian predator. I was just going to say movie. you have. I mean, you've literally seen a predatory lesbian approach me and... um assault me sexually at oh I mean, well I mean, that's yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i mean yes, they yes, are yes. out there um yes but i know. didn't mean like in real life i was thinking just like uh, a movie um, of like, like like a fun movie for us not something that's like you know making the lesbian the predator as a trope or whatever but like can we have like something fun <laughs> for once <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe that was a weird instinct. But like when you say predator, I think like alien versus predator. And then I'm like, oh, what if like predator was like a lesbian? Like, yeah. twist, you know, mm -hmm. uh, anyway, you're not a predator. You're right. I hope it works out for you. Keep us posted. Yeah. Right. There you go. If you have a question, we actually I, I went and I compiled all the questions in order and we have a lot of questions. So we might need to do like a year end question dump episode or or something yeah. but keep sending them in diking out at gmail.com is the best way for us to see them if you're uh, a patron it goes to the top of the list and yeah a lot of good questions that came across in, in the mix because there there were a couple weeks where we just got a lot in we're just kind of uh tagging them and right right filing them away but now as i was peeping them i'm like ooh, we got some good ones here i mean the year's wrapping up people have more yeah. time off to introspect ponder things and um get them validated <laughs> by some dykes on a podcast help us help you Follow us at Diking Out on all social media, at Diking Out Everywhere, and at Diking Out Podcast on TikTok. 
You can follow me at TGI Carolyn. You can follow me at Melody Kamali. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. And hey, listen to some uh, Lady Lamb jams. Oh, hell yeah. Listen to Lady Lamb. That is tis the season for some Lady Lamb. Get into it and we'll see you next Tuesday. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.